Let me read through here. Verse 1. Now the Lord said to, spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to his house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if, his, if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Verse 5, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat. Verse 8, Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, Roast in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil it at all with water. But roast it in fire, its, its head with its legs and entrails. Verse 10, You shall let none of it remain until morning, and, that, and what remains until morning you shall burn with fire. Thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Verse 12, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a, mor a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as, it, as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Verse 15, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread... From the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. On the first day, there shall be a holy convocation. And on the seventh day, there shall be a holy convocation for you. No man or work shall be done on them, but that which every man must eat. That only may be prepared by you. Verse 17, So you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for on this same day I will have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt, Therefore, you shall observe these days throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month, at evening. For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leaven, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. In verse 20. You shall eat nothing leaven in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. So here, coming up to what the tenth plague is going to happen, um, God's instructing Moses uh, 
of things to do here <clears throat> and to have the children to pass it on to the, the children of Israel. Um, verse 1 says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This is the Lord, the one who spoke to Moses in the beginning, who is Yahweh, the one who said, I am who I am. He's the one true God. And we know as he always talked to Moses and he's using Aaron. And this is what he tells them. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Here he's going to enter in with a new relationship with his people. Now, it says a new month here, which, which means a new uh, year for them. It's kind of like a new year. Um, the Jews, they have a civil calendar and a religious calendar, which the religious calendar is going to start here. In Exodus 13.4, it gives us the first month's name, Abib, which is in March or April. Um, I encourage you guys, if you ever, uh, see these books or get some, something about them or look them on the, your phones about their dates, they're very interesting. I, I was going crazy looking through all that stuff. I just went haywire looking at it, but it, I think it's important as you study God's Word, especially the Old Testament, you know, according to their, to their uh, dates and all that. Uh, we know the, the, the month of Bib changes name in Esther 3.7 to Nisan. Um, their days of months are about 29 to 30 days a month. Uh, it's not like ours, totally different, which ours uh, is the Gregorian calendar that we use. Um, they have different New Year's. Like I said, this can be one for them, the new one here religiously. And then later they have the regular, the civil one. They count their days by numbers. You know, the first day being Sunday, you know. Kind of reminds me of Genesis and God created the heavens and earth on this day, day one, you know. Um, their first day is Sunday, which to us is uh, kind of like our seventh day, right? Their second day, Monday. Third day would be either Tuesday Wednesday would be the fourth day, fifth day would be Thursday, sixth day Friday, and the Sabbath day would be a Saturday. Um, anyways, God is is going to do something new here. He's, 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 he's drawing them to Himself as we see uh, as they get caught up in all this stuff, however they got caught up. Uh, it's like God always getting, getting His people out of trouble, as you see throughout the Bible. They always come worship. They go back, pick up gods, you know. Um, there's some Christians like that too, you know. They come to church, you know, for a little bit. They go out, meddle around in the world, come back, you know, back and forth. Um, and God warns them, you know, and hopefully if there's any out there, any playing with that, they would take heed to the warnings. The main thing here is, is it's, gonna, it's, it's a new thing that God is doing with them. Um, for us Christians... In 1 Corinthians 5, chapter 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We've been born again. You guys remember when you received the Lord? Just that joy? I remember it still. <laughs> you know, I had the biggest smile in prison that they ever seen. When I did what Jesus told me to do, to confess my sins and repent. You know, we have a new life with Him, you know. 
So it's basically going to start off a new uh, relationship with him. Like I said, he's throwing him out. He's giving him a, he said, start this at the beginning of the month, which is the bib. Um, verse 3, he says, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, which is a bib, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to his house of his father and a lamb for a household. One thing I, I notice here, he's, he's, he's speaking to the, the fathers, the, the men of the homes. You know, we're, we're the men of our home. We're the high priests. We're called to be the leaders. Not that we're any better, but that's God just built us the way we are. And we have our wives that are there next to us and care for us, you know, encourage us. And, uh, and if you're single, you know, I just pray that you continue just to seek the Lord, you know, and, and depend upon Him. And He would make you that leader He would have for you to be in someone's life. But here He's, he's, he's telling them to tell them the fathers, to get a lamb. Now, we've seen it before as a lamb. Uh, it's a big thing to the Jews uh, and to ourselves as we go through all the scriptures. It has a big, important meaning in it. But His commands, His commands divine, it's reflecting God's holiness for man's highest good. You know, when God tells us something, it's not because He hates us or He's down on us or so He don't want us to be happy. He warns us, He gives us stuff that, that's going to protect us for our benefit. You know, as we're going to see, man, uh, He knows the beginning from the end and you're His child. It's safe to know that He knows my life from the beginning to the end. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Just like the brothers said, uh, one of the brothers went to visit Pete, you know. That's, that's God. That's God working there, you know. That's not no coincidence. It's the timing. You see throughout the Bible, it's amazing. God is awesome, man. Um, in Genesis chapter 22, you guys remember when uh, Abraham was going to offer up his son Isaac. <laughs> that's pretty crazy, you know. I mean, that's, 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 that's faith, you know. That's, and it's not looking at circumstances or nothing but God's love and His commandments obeying Him whether we feel good or not. Um, remember Abraham said, My son, God will provide for Himself the lamb for a burnt offering. <laughs> remember they're walking up, man, your sons are like, Hey, there's the wood, there's the fire, you know. Where's the lamb, you know? <laughs> his dad was, was kind of gracious. You're the lamb now. <laughs> he already knew God was going to provide. That was His hope. That God was going to provide. That was His hope. That was His faith. He knew the guy was going to provide a way, and he wasn't going to have to offer his son. Even if he would offer, Abraham would offer his son, it would have been nothing because uh, him, like us, like any man in this world, have sin in their life. We all fall short of the glory of God. Um, but it was a picture of, of what was to come. You know, you see it from Genesis when Adam and Eve uh, fell. God separated the woman, seed from the serpent, right? And just that promise, man. So we see the picture there, um, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 through 12. Well, don't, don't go there. <laughs> That's the wrong one. I wrote down the wrong one. That's what happens when I wear my glasses. 
Well, anyways, we'll get to one of them in Isaiah. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 29, verse 31. says, John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, what a privilege we have as is, is, is believers. We have the New and the Old Testament. Um, you know, the, the Old pointing to the New and the New pointing back to the Old. You know, the finished work uh, God was going to do. It's amazing this, uh, how God works. Very amazing. So they were to get a lamb, and this lamb, you know, it's, it's a young lamb. We're going to find out it was supposed to be a young lamb and all that. Uh, you know, we know things about lambs are real innocent, kind of like, you know, shy and kind of tontos, dummies, you know. And so uh, God uses this not just, he could use any animal, but he used this for a reason, you know. Um, so they were to get one for their household. Verse 4 says, if the household is too small for the lamb, not that he couldn't fit in the house, the lamb was too big, he couldn't fit in the house. It was just that, you know, if it was uh, too much. There was a lot of meat, you know, I mean, three of us, we couldn't even probably finish it, you know. I don't know, I don't know, maybe we could. But he says, let him and, and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. And so, you know, God is, God is a good steward of the things he, he gives, you know. We should be good stewards of the things that God's given us, whether it be money, our wife, our job. Um, see, here he's not, he's not just saying to kill animal and, you know, just eat whatever and throw the rest away, you know. And he's not an animal activist either, though. But um, he's always, he's, it's for a purpose he does these things. So if it was a, the house was too small, it's to go to his neighbor, you know, to get the lamb, count for everybody, you know. Probably us right here, we probably had like three. We could probably finish off three lambs, I don't know, maybe four. In verse 5 it says, you shall, oh, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Interesting, as we read it, we, I mean, as soon as the words come out and you guys probably hear them, you can think of New Testament scriptures. Uh, this lamb was, uh, like I said, supposed to be a shadow of, of Jesus coming, uh, pointing to Jesus Christ coming and fulfilling these things. It said it should be without blemish. It's like I said, Abraham, even if he would offer his son Isaac, it would have not done nothing. Or me and you, if we were to try to offer of ourselves, it wouldn't be nothing. It ain't worth nothing. Um, in Hebrews chapter 9. I was best Hebrews up, man. That's why I got to look for it carefully. I don't want you guys to look at me like I don't know what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 9 verse 13 and 14 says... For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sacrifices for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So without spot, you know, Jesus had no sin. No sin at all. That's amazing, man, you know. 
Imagine when you, if you were around him, you wouldn't even sin, curse, nothing, man. It's just perfect. You know, and he was a man dependent upon the Father for these things. Like we're to be dependent upon Jesus uh, that we might walk. We're not perfect. It doesn't give us the, the right to sin, but, it, you know, we have um, that hope to trust in him and depend upon him. On First Peter, First Peter chapter 1. 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in his last times for you. So without without spot you know without blemish it's interesting that you know that's jesus they have no sin at all you know and we'll get to more of it i just want to point out some scriptures pointing to him because this whole book is about him you know they say you know some people say or the bible says that uh in it you study the scriptures in it of, of about salvation but this speaks about of me speaking of jesus here So it was interesting to hear that this lamb had to be without blemish. Couldn't have like, you know, one ear or broken ear or missing eye or, or nothing like that, which was a type of perfection. It had to be perfect, you know, in look, in appearance, which, you know, points to Jesus Christ perfect without sin. A male of the first year, so he's supposed to be young. He's a young one. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So he, he's, you know, he's put there the sheep or goats. Interesting, I was thinking about the goats. You know, I was like, I'm not sheep and goats. You know, but I was thinking about the goats. You remember uh, later on in the in the Bible, it talks about they would have one goat and put their hand on it. It was an escape goat. They would confess all their sins on it and lead them out to the wilderness. And then the one, they would slaughter them. In verse 6, Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. The 14th day of the same month, okay? Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. So here he's giving, them the, giving Moses the instructions of how um, to do this Passover. It's very important, you know. Um, what speaks of God is very detailed. You know, the things he says... Uh, we can't waver with them. We can't change them. As you see people nowadays uh, play with God's word and twist it and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, he's giving instructions that they need to follow here. So he says to kill it at twilight. Now twilight we know from sun up, sun down, or sun down to sun up. But here uh, in Deuteronomy 16.6, it says that the going down of the sun at the time you came out of Egypt. So... It's the going down of the sun. So, you know, it's coming down probably maybe 6 o'clock around there. That he's telling them that they should kill it at twilight. Not the going up of the sun, but going down. Verse 7. says, And then you shall take some of the blood and put it on the door, two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat it. So now there's more instructions here. We're going to see which points to Christ. You know, they would get the blood... And later on, you guys are going to 
by the time of this week and next week, you're going to know a lot about this because it's going to continue a little bit more and more. Uh, but they were to get the blood and, and wipe the doorpost. You know, and the lintel is the upper beam of the door. Um, it's amazing. You see uh, with the blood, it's very important. The blood in Scripture is very important. It's not just something, you know, just, oh, just blood. There's, and we'll get to that right now. But in, in, in John chapter 10, verse 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You know, here he's pointing, Jesus Christ says, I'm the door, I'm the way to heaven, you know. There's a lot of people that claim that they're the way, or churches, or religions. Jesus says, narrow is, is the way to heaven, you know, narrow is that gate. And it's because of what he's done, and nobody else. So we can draw from there a foreshadow of what, what Jesus was going to do there. As you think about it, I don't know, if he would have told you that, what would you thought? You're crazy. Put blood, you see it gross, you know. But, no, they're just, he's telling them what to do and they're going to obey it. Like I said, it doesn't matter how we feel or what we think about God's word, it's his word. You know, we have to take it for what it is. Just like you took him at salvation when he says that we need to repent and he'll forgive you for your sins. When we took that opportunity by faith, we did it, we took that step, we see what happened, right? We got saved. Um... The blood in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So see, the blood is very important. Me and you, if we didn't have no blood, we wouldn't be speaking right now. We wouldn't be looking at me. <laughs> no, just we wouldn't. We wouldn't be alive, in other words. You know, the shedding of blood, man, is nothing going. I was... Thinking about, you know, I got the other day I ran out of gas. And, you know, my light didn't go on and say it was, the gas was low. And, you know, so I'm thinking I got some gas. I'll make it to the gym, whatever. And I get come out, go to the car and, and the truck. It's pretty new. I think it's like five years old. And I didn't want to start. And I was thinking all kinds of stuff, you know. What's wrong with this car? It's brand new. And I was getting frustrated. I had a car and my son to come get me, help me with it. Um, we found out it was gas. <laughs> I didn't have no gas, you know. My wife was happy about that because I was, you know, fill your car up and it happened to me. But, you know, without, without that gas, that car ain't moving. Without blood, we're not moving. Without the shed blood of Jesus Christ, ain't nobody going to heaven. But thank God that He saved us. Now, the animal blood could only take the place of a sinner's blood in atoning, covering for sin. Okay, so it could only be a covering. Uh, you know, you can hide a nice... Or ugly looking car under, a <laughs> under some kind of rag or covering. But once you take it out, it's still an ugly car, right? But, you know, that was all it was, a covering. Um, it could not atone for, for man's sin. Again, pointing to Christ that he was going to become like one of us and shed his blood for us. You know, give his life for us. That's amazing that he would do that for you and me. Hebrews one, Hebrews nine, chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-two, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. No remission, so no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. Blood was very, very important. 
even to a point, you know, they were supposed to be drinking or messing with that stuff, you know, or if you killed someone that his life, his blood would be on your hands and some serious stuff there. You know, you see down all day, these people just getting whacked like nothing, especially police officers and stuff, man. It's crazy. Hmm. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And First Corinthians is talking about, you know, all the sexual sins and drinking parties and, you know, we know, you know, all those things we used to put ourselves into. And we were like that, but, you know, He's washed us, He's cleansed us from all that stuff, you know. We've been free, man. We've been set free, you know. And it says that we've been sanctified and justified. Aren't you glad about that? I know I am. I know we all are very much. So they were supposed to uh, put this blood on the doorposts and up on the lintel the upper part of the house. Verse 8, Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. So he's saying they're going to eat this at midnight. It's all going to play out here. You know, a lot of people think... uh, that these plagues happened or before this, but I don't know. I, some of these, you got to be careful. Some of these commentaries you, you, you read, you know, you have to read, check it out for yourselves, you know. Um, I believe, you know, God's giving him instructions right now what to do. He ain't going to have this thing happen and not give him, and give him instructions later. What would you need the instructions for later, right? So he's giving the instructions now, and then that this thing is going to happen. So, you know, God always warns before he brings judgment. God, he's always... Uh, Warning people, you know, before something happens. So he says, do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roast in fire. Oh, I passed it up, so I have to go back. So with uh, unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. Another one is the unleavened bread is a very important key here too. Um, you know, leaven... Is the agent that causes ferment. fermentation was used in generally in making bread. It required time to fulfill the process. So, you know, he's telling them going to get out in haste. There's, there's two thoughts on this, you know. Uh, one, that, you know, don't put no yeast because it doesn't take too long to rise. You need to eat it right now, you know, um, which I do believe that too. But I also believe it speaks about the sin, about a type of sin, Um you know, have you ever been to uh, Disneyland? I know all you have. <laughs> but they have this bakery part, and they have this one little piece of yeast. That they, I don't know how long ago it was made. They still use that yeast to, to continue to uh, make bread. From that one yeast, it ferments all the other stuff. You know, the rest of the breads, it's there. Um, the reason why I say that is because uh, some of the scripture I share with you, you're going to see it just... You know, it can start off small, but it can spread like 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 cancer, uh, sin. You know, we see Adam and Eve uh, sin and spread to the whole world, you know, like that. And Deuteronomy 16.3 says, You shall not eat no leavened bread with it, 
Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it. That is the bread of affliction. So it's also called the bread of affliction. They're supposed to be reminded of the afflictions that, that uh, Egypt gave to them. You know, it's kind of, a, you know, stuff was good for them. They don't know what they did. When they eat that bread, you know, time you eat that bread, you're going to know what, how it was in Egypt, you know. For you came out of the land in haste. So, you know, they came out quick. We're going to see that right now. And sometimes you got to go. Bama knows. The unleavened bread was no doubt uh, flavorless in taste. It was reminding them, again, of their afflictions, you know. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, how, you know, I don't know if you guys sometimes, but I know myself, I'll get the thought or, 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 or the temptation to, to want to blow it or, or say something or get upset or do something. And, and we forget how, how, how bad, uh, bitter that is, you know. We think it's sweet and the enemy's like, hey, here you go. You know, tempting us, and, and we forget that you know sin is terrible, man. You know, sin is is dangerous. You know, but Satan puts that out. You know, we thought it was fun. The Bible says uh, sin fun for the season, but you know, it's payment for that junk is it, not good. Um, so basically, it's a type of sin. At this point here, you can picture that. You know, of affecting someone else, affecting the persons. Infectious sin in First Corinthians chapter five, verse six through eight. Start to. To get to working with these glasses, man. Okay, it says, in, in, again, First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, Your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens a whole lump? Do you get that picture of that one little thing? How it can affect others. Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ our Passover was sanctified for us. Therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with sincerity, oh, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. You know, at this point there was this man in there, you know, on sexual morality, and they were still allowing him in the church and coming in. And... I guess no one wanted to deal with it. Oh, the Lord loves him. You know, I don't know what the case was, but um, I was like, hey, get that person, you know, confront them, you know, do the Matthew, bring someone else, you know, uh, confront the man the way you would want to be confronted, right? And if he doesn't want to repent, get him out of here, get him out of the church or her, you know? And the reason being God's love is because it will affect, start to affect everyone else, you know? And God's love for his church, you don't want that. So here you can see the type of that, of that sin of living uh, from um, infectious sin, you know, passing on. Uh, or to be separate, it all speaks of being separate from sinful practices. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 and 18, and then uh, verse 7, 1. 
Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know, again, just for protecting the body, you know, is we got to put this flesh to death, man, you know. It's still there. You guys know it's still there. I know it's still there. And we have to reckon that man dead. He's already dead. We just got to reckon it, you know, put it down, you know, not to play with it. You know, start getting close to that fire, man. Pretty soon you look and get snagged in. You know, I remember when I got saved, you know, I went back to the streets and I had the religion. I was saved, you know, I was going to church. This uh, mafia guy was our pastor, you know, and speaking Spanish. And, you know, I had pride a little. Come on, half a breed, right? I'm just sitting there and he tells me, you know, I think it's, you know, what do you understand more, English or Spanish? I tell him, well, probably English. So he was going to say, you should go to the English study, you know, for your benefit, not, you know, any other thing, but for the benefit of myself. I didn't last, uh, I think I had like four or five uh, weeks left or something. Anyways, I ended up getting out of there. Uh, went released to the streets. Um, and my thought, you know, from my background of being Catholicism and Catholic, whatever, you know, forgive me and do all this stuff when you sin and stuff. But yet I was went out and started doing the stuff I used to do. You know, thinking God was still forgiving me. Yet, I wasn't rooted and grounded in God's Word. And so it's very important we, we be in His Word, you know, that we get rooted and grounded, we know what's of Him and what's not. I wasn't rooted and grounded, you know, and I ended up going back to the same place where I was at uh, years later in, uh, matter of fact, the same place in a different yard. And one uh, short guy came up to me one time and said, Jesus loves you. And man just woke me up again, like, just the words that He said. And, you know, I started, went back to church, I repented and received the Lord. I got out, he put me next to a, a brother, I lived with my brother, uh, my blood brother, who's not a Christian, and there was a guy there who was a Christian, so he used to take me to church, and he used to encourage me, and, and you know, maybe God wants to do that in your life with somebody, you know, be open to that, you know, some new believers, man, you know, we have to open ourselves up, because they're new, you know, so like, train them, you know, a lot of stuff, I don't know what you guys been through, but I know I had to get trained to do a lot of stuff, you know. And, and, and bad stuff, you know, I had to get trained. I didn't know all, all of a sudden I had to learn this trickery, you know, this cunning deceitfulness. But as Christians, you know, you see brothers around you, you know, pray for them. You know, you see someone, uh, encourage them God's word, you know. Pray, you know, God, use me for someone, you know. I didn't have that. Thank God he was gracious in putting my brother Mike, who became my best man in my wedding, that was there for me. You know, he was, he was going to be a sheriff and all that. This is crazy. <laughs> But, you know, we got rooted and grounded. So it's very important. Um, and I'll just read about this one on uh, corrupt teaching. Well, let me read it. Matthew 16, verse 6. Matthew 16, verse 6. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and of the Sadducees. You guys remember that story? And they was like, "Why we didn't bring no bread. They told oh, you should bring some bread. What me, you know? And she's like, he already knew. He knows her thoughts. And like, 
Come on, you guys. You know it's brave. You know when I fed the 5,000? You know, come on. Wake up. You know. But uh, he says, beware of the teachings of the Pharisees. You know what they were teaching. Because they would say stuff, which is good, but they weren't doing it. You know. He tells them, beware of the living of the Pharisees. You know, right away, living. They heard living. They thought about bread, right? But here, they're talking about that living, that bad stuff that they can corrupt. Um, Galatians. Oh, this is a hard one. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Stand fast, therefore. Oh, let me see. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will not, will profit you nothing. And I testify it again to everyone, every man who becomes circumcised, that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For, with the, for we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of the righteousness of God by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. It says, You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion doesn't come from Him who calls you. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind, but He who troubles you shall be should bear his own judgment. And so, you know, the teachings, you know, they're still going back to the, some element to the laws. You know, I don't know about you guys, but when I, when I mess up, I say something or I get angry, you know, I blow it. Straight out, I sin, you know, it's called sin. And somehow, I don't know, we feel like we can work for, get back, um, we, we repent and God forgives us, but then we think we have to like do something, you know, oh, I'm going to start serving, you know, I'm going to do something. No, you know, start to get like legalistic, you know, we're free from all that junk. Um, but he's telling him here to be careful of that, you know, becoming legalized, legalism. You guys understand me? <laughs> uh, false doctrine. So that was false doctrine. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 35, And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never, thir- shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. He never thirsts. So Jesus is the bread of life that we draw from. Okay, we move on from there. Doesn't go about bitter. You know, it's talking about the bitter herbs. You know, the harsh tasting. Um, it was a plant. You know, they tasted bitter. They were to mix in the food. Again, to remember just that bitterness of being there. You know, just like, ugh. And then verse uh, 9 says, do not, eat what is, do not eat it raw, nor boil it at all with water, but roast it in fire. Its head with its legs and its entrails. So everything, you know. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains until, of it till morning, you shall burn with fire. Reminded of, you remember when they get the bread from heaven? You know, it says, you eat what you can, only take what you can eat. And get rid of it. Don't get no more. And these people, I don't know, they were really hungry or sneaky or thought they needed to save some. And, and they, did, they didn't do what Moses says. And then Moses said, let no one leave 
any of it until morning. And some of them didn't, you know, they didn't take heed. And it bred worms and it stank. You know, so that, you know, they weren't listening. Which we reminded, you know, God's grace is new every morning, guys. It's new every morning. You know, it's, when it's a new day, you can't look back. You got to look, keep looking forward to the return of Jesus. You know, can't look back at your failures, what I didn't do, what I could have did. Whatever. But, you know, what, what are you doing today for the Lord? What am I doing today for the Lord? You know, keep on moving because those things will hold you back like an anchor. In verse 11, And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat, the, eat it in haste. It is a Passover. I think this part of the scriptures where us Americans got the ideal for fast food. <laughs> in and out, man, you know. Let's get it and go. Yeah. Well, part of it, you know, not using the living was one was, you know, they didn't have time for it to, to, uh, to rise. They had to get ready, prepare to some, eat it. You know, they had to split quick. And another, like I said, was a type of sin, you know. Egypt is a type of the flesh, you guys know. You know, it's a type of the flesh. And they were there in there. Jesus is going to get them out of there. You know, before they start rubbing off and they start worshiping frogs and flies and all that weird stuff. So they were going to get out of there quick. It's pretty cool. God is wise, right? He's fattening them up for the, for the journey. Um, I'm reminded of Mark chapter 6, verse 7 and 9. And he called the twelve to himself and began to send them out two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. You know, he's got to call you to do something, go somewhere. You know, Jesus says, if you don't love me more than you love your, your, your family, you're not worthy of me. He's not putting down the family. He says, your heart got to be with him. It has to be with him, guys. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my grandchildren. But my first priority is my walk with God. You know, and sometimes we do stuff and wife don't agree or kids or whatever, man. You know, it's like we had a marriage uh, Valentine's dinner and the guy says, tells his, his child, you know, do you love Jesus more than me? He's like, yeah, well, that's good, that's good. You know, he kept pleading that to the people, you know, and he tells his wife, you know, I have someone I love more, babe, you know. He's like, who, your mother? He goes, no, Jesus, you know. And so, he has to be our first love. We have to be connected to him because he's the one that flows through us. If we have any other love in this world, that's where, that apart from him, is, we're going to go all that way. Whether it's a sin, a person, whatever. We have to be in love with Him. So that was interesting that, he, you know, He tells them, you know, just go out there and serve, you know. For us, Ephesians 6, verse 14 and 15, says, Stand fast, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and have you shod, shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know, every morning we get up, guys, you know, we have to make that time. First, if you're married, you know, to spend that time with your wife in the Word. Um, but also be, to be girded when you go to work. You know, we have to be girded. You know, I just recently went, been back to work, and I find all kinds of stuff. People, you know, not that it's about me, but he said, you know, hey, you a Christian, huh, Frank? I heard. I'm like, yeah, man, you know, so it's kind of accountable. It's kind of cool, man, because they notice that. I'm excited because maybe they're going to get saved, you know. 
Or another guy goes, oh, you know, you still going to church? Where you go? I tell him, Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Oh, my sister goes Calvary Chapel, Downey. You know, where they had the officer killed, eh? you know, and Cholo guy. And, you know, he goes, I do my little devotions, you know, the Catholic devotions. But it's beautiful, right? My work is not just uh, for God to provide for my home. That's my mission there, man. Those people there are, are, are lost, you know. It's beautiful, man. It helps me extend my toes, you know, and be careful where I'm at, what I say, what I do. Um, verse 12 says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. You know, remember, the, like I said, they worship the Nile River, the flies, the frogs. Um, a lot of people can think this is sad, you know, the kids and all that. You know, it's... God is love, man. He's perfect holiness, perfect justice. You know, I just think if these kids are young, they're going to be in heaven anyways. They have a chance to repent anyway. You remember when Jesus was born, Herod, you know, was looking for him and had all the children killed. Now that's evil. You know, he went, couldn't find Jesus, so he had all, all of them whacked. That was evil. This is not evil, this is justice. And it's for a reason. Far beyond our thoughts that we can imagine. Now, Second Peter 3, 5-7 says, For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. Remember Noah and the flood? Told Noah, get in the boat, man. Make this boat. Noah did it by faith. Got in there, psh, the flood came. Obedient. Listen to what God said, no matter what the circumstance were. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, <laughs> he was all things in the power of his hand, right? Jesus are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So, you can see this judgment here, and there's going to be a bigger judgment coming to those who don't believe and receive the love that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God, He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through Him might be saved. It's pride, basically. People got the religion, they got pride, man. That they don't come. It's so easy. Look at I did it. So easy, simple. People just got to repent. Because he means what he says. Got to judge him. He's just. He was going to judge me. Until I obeyed and did what he said. First Thessalonians 1, 9-10 For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you and how you turn from idols, or how you turn to God from idols to serve the living God and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, who He raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. We're not going to be under the wrath, gentlemen. The Bible declares that Jesus took it upon Him. You know, it said, my brother might take that wrath. I don't know. My cousin, my aunt, I don't know who. You gotta be open and ready in season, out of season to share the love of God. Romans five eight or nine. But God demonstrated His own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Man, 
You know, that's why I don't worry about all this stuff. I'm not a political man and all that. You hear all this garbage and there's a lot of people where I'm like, hey, what I got to lose anyways, you know? This earth is going to be burned up. The moon turned to blood. This body going back to the floor. But I got a hope our, that we're going to be with the Lord. We're going to see His face, living with Him forever and ever. Right? That's, that's awesome, man. It's, it's a good time to share. It should be opening doors out there somewhere. You know, people are all nervous. <laughs> they should be too. They don't repent. Verse 14, so this day shall be to you a memorial. Remember that, memorials of remembrance. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance, law. Okay, you guys know about the laws. You know, that you couldn't get saved by the law. You fell short, I fell short. It reminded me of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember the, the cup that we do on, I think once a month here? It's remembrance. You know, some religions are weirdos. And, you know, this is the blood, you know. Jesus said, don't drink blood. I mean, you, you ought to throw that away if you think that's what it is. But he says, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Remembrance, remembrance, remembrance. You know, he's already shed his blood. We do these things to remember. This is kind of what he's telling them, to remember, you know. Do these things so you can remember what, you did, what happened in Egypt, how you were slaves in bondage. I remember I was a slave in bondage. Ernie used to have me doing all kinds of crazy stuff. No. <laughs> you know, I'm just joking. Me and Ernie grew up in the same area. So. But, um, man, the bondage, man, it's terrible. You see people out there, and it's kids nowadays, man. And the phones, man. There was this gaining ground. So they were to do it as a memorial. Um, 15, verse 15, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from your house. For whoever eats leavened bread from that first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. He means cut off. God means what He says. He says what He means. You know, they weren't supposed to do this. They weren't supposed to be, play games. This wasn't a religious thing. This was something for them to remember. Just like that cup we do. You know, a lot of people, I don't know, if their hearts is right or what, but I don't want to be like, hey, this is the cup, break the bread. You know, no, just be careful. The Bible says, you know, we're to confess our sins before we do that. You know, get right with Him. Thank Him. Be thankful, man. You shed your blood. When you sin, man, you know, repent. Man, it might be a good time to drink that cup and, that, and take that uh, bread and remember what He did for you. Not that we should continue practicing, but we, we turn from it. doesn't mean we're perfect. We do blow it. But of practice of it, because, you know, we've meddled with that stuff. Any one of us, any Christian, it can fall back into there. I know, I, I went that way a long time ago, 16 years ago, I think. Um, make no provision for the flesh. Romans thirteen fourteen. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know, I think about that bread, you know, unleavened. You know, we're new creation. We've got to reckon that old man dead. And I know every one of you is growing. Because believe you, if you went through, if you sit down with me with some stories, when I became a believer at first, it blow your mind. 
But God's grace changed me. Stretched me, broke me, and it's making me, you know. I remember I was going through a bad spiritual battle. I didn't know what to do. I ran to this Catholic church. <laughs> I still remember it. You know, I had my, you know, my mom died. She was Catholic. They had these crosses with, you know, this dude on it. And I had that. I was running and I was scared and I was being spiritually attacking me and straight on, man. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's scary. And I was nervous. I was scared and went to this Catholic priest, man. He's, <laughs> he blew his mind probably. I don't know. He's just like, he goes, oh, he goes, what religion are you from, you know? And I'm, I'm like, shh. And I didn't know. I wasn't grounded like I told you, man. I was like, probably the best thing he's going to probably throw water on me and snap out of it or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, in the name of Jesus. Let's get away, you know. I would have been all... <laughs> but yeah, man, you know, I wasn't grounded. Dude. I had that cross running, scared for my life. That dude couldn't help me. I pray he got saved through some situation. Maybe God revealed something to him. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. You see me and they're all weird. That was funny. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the flesh of the, of the body you will live. You know, um, we're saved, we're forgiven, He's cleansed us, but we cannot be uh, fools to think that we can go and partake of the world and, and, and still say we're Christians, you know. I know when I became a Christian, I'm going to share with you guys, because maybe you're going through this today, or maybe you know someone's going through. You know, I was a baby Christian, very baby. And my habit was drinking. And... Um, you know, I'd just go through stuff, man, and uh, I knew the Lord was there for me, and I'd come to Him, but sometimes I would think I can go, and that was going to help me again. <clears throat> but I never had fun in that no more. I dated once, and I'm like, I didn't feel good about it. It wasn't joy. It didn't do nothing for me. You know, I'm saying God was dealing with me, man. I don't know where God's deal with you in there is. Only you know, and you don't have to tell everybody. I do, because, you know, I hope it encourages somebody, but... I remember one time I went and uh, I was in this bar and I was a baby believer and I was going through some stuff, man. And You know, I didn't have too many friends around. I never had too many friends or really cared for me, you know, friends that cared about me. And this police officer came and he started sharing with me. <laughs> he happened to be from Almani too. Oh my gosh. And uh, I couldn't share with the man. I was ashamed because of what I was doing. And I don't want to share because I don't want him to think that Christ has not saved us. Because that was in my flesh. And I couldn't share. And this man was telling me problems he was having. And I couldn't share, man. I mean, it was hard, you know. But I missed those opportunities, man, you know. I know God would send someone else to him, but it's just, we got to put this, uh, death, this flesh to death daily, man. It gets worse. <laughs> And as we get older, it's tiring, man, you know, but we can't give up or think we got it in cruise control. We've been saved 35, 40 years, 10 years. Can't give up. That's what the enemy's waiting for. Be encouraged today. God loves you, man. That's one of the hard things for me to understand that God loved me. The only love I knew was my mother who loved me, you know. I've been through rough stuff in my life. But to accept his love, I never had a love like that. Who cares for me. He cares for you guys. Same love. He loves you guys. And I don't know, maybe you guys be a little proud of some of you. And 
Think of love, love. It's the real love, man, you know. So when we reckon this flesh to death, um, 16, on the first day there shall be a holy convocation. I wrote all these words down because I don't know all these holy conversation and all these crazy words. It's a gathering for worship, a holy day, you know, the Sabbath, they come together. And the seventh day there shall be a holy convocation for you. No manner of work shall be done on them, but that which every, everyone must eat, that only may be prepared for you by you. Again, you know, he's repeating a lot of stuff again. You know, he's, he's making sure he knows when God says once, listen twice, he better listen. Third time, oh, he better open both ears. You know, um, so they gathered like we gathered, you know, different though. They are gathering for this thing. We can gather in the name of Jesus. We're gathered here because of Jesus. You know, all of us here look around, you know. You look at me, like, who's this guy? He's a spotted lamb or something, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and I look back at you, too, all these spotted lambs. No, but we're washed clean, right? We're clean lambs. And so, you know, we come to church, man. We have a gathering. We worship the Lord through music from our hearts. We have fellowship with one another. We encourage one another. You know, the Bible tells people, don't uh, forsake the gathering of ourselves together, you know. I talked to a guy one time, we had hallelujah, he's like, oh, I don't believe you have to gather together. So I'm like, man, you know, I just share with him lightly, you know, and, you know, it is. This is what God's Word says, we need to gather together, you know. When I was looking for for drugs, I was gathered right there with the drug man, you know, whoever had it, you know, just like in any sin. But now in a good way, we gather together, encourage one another, pray for one another. You know, you might have a best friend here, a close friend. You know, we know Jesus sticks closer than a brother, but you have a good pal that you can conf- you confront and, you know, tell them your struggles. Man, pray for one another, guys. Don't be ashamed. Man, we all go through stuff, you know. So they to have this holy convocation. Com- uh, yeah, that one. Convocation. I'm just going a little bit over a little um, so gathering to, to worship, and you know, we, I've been to Israel, and you see them, they have that on Saturday, they're not supposed to work and all that, you know, and they have this throughout the day, and uh, well, the, the Sabbath, you know, from a certain time to a certain time. We went to this uh, hotel, and even in the hotel, they have these elevators separated for the Sabbath people, I call them. You got to wait there, and that thing will go to each floor, and then you wait, you get on, and then, you know, if you're like that 30 floor man, that's I'd be like, whoa, you know. It's like repentance. It's right away. It doesn't take that long if you believe in Jesus. But by law, you'll be there for all day long trying to live by the law. And they have these elevators. It's amazing, man, you know. So you don't move, you don't touch, you know, you don't want to work, you know. And they walk in the streets over here. I forget La Brea. You see them walking with their big old goatees or whatever, like my brother here. And got their black things on. All the children are walking. You're not supposed to work, man, you know. Leave your cars at home and... Man, your legs are moving, you know, I think that's like exercise, isn't it? Work. So it's a lot of stuff, but you understand they become legal and all that crazy stuff. Uh, They don't do the the, the Passover no more. I don't know how long ago they stopped it, I guess when they destroyed that temple there. But they do have these Sabbaths, and maybe they have dinners at their homes. Matter of fact, the Mirabro, they they had this one place that was blocked off like they do on the freeways, these big old uh, cement blockers. You know, so you want to go? And I asked the, the, the guy, what's that for? You know, the tour guide, he says, oh, it's because some people accidentally go in there on the Sabbath. 
you know, they drive in into that to that area. And these, I guess, they're like, you know, hardcore religious Sabbath goers, you know. And I don't know what happens if you go in there. I didn't want to go in there, but I've seen the the cement there. I'm pretty much, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> you know, yo, they drive me, wah, 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 you know. So I've been thrown, I've been hit with rocks, man. Those things hurt, you know. I don't want to get stoned. <laughs> Forget that. Uh, so basically, I'll cut it short, but um, he's going to go on repeating uh, the stuff. Let me, let me just finish reading it then. Uh, in the first month, on the, on the verse 18, in the first month, on the 14th day of the month, at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days, no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off. Again, he's repeating it, right? He means what he says. He says what he means. From the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you know, you shall not eat nothing living in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. So it's like this type of thing, being separate. And if I have a little grace from you guys, um, so they were up to observe these things, you know, observe, obey them. Uh, and the ordinances that he's gave, their laws. Remember, they're supposed to be remembrances of what he's done for them. There weren't supposed to be all these laws and trying to put this heavy, crazy this. If you go to the New Testament, all these burdens they try to put on people, you know, we couldn't feel none of them, man. It was to show that men are sinful and they can't not be perfect, even though they tried. You know, it cannot do that. And Jesus Christ came and fulfilled all that. You know, he was perfect, man. He was killed. Matter of fact, the people he told this to, not the same people, I mean, as far as uh, the human, but... Uh, the race, they end up killing him, you know, for saying that kind of stuff. You've seen, in, in, in throughout through the Testament, they continue doing this worship. Then they start getting the altars. They put the lamb. You know, the priest was supposed to do it for the people. Another type that Jesus was going to be the high priest. And all kinds of this stuff, it just started growing. And then I'm reminded of in John where John the Baptist says that, uh, you know, Behold the Lamb of God. Imagine that, man. You know, all through this Old Testament, all these types and foreshadows and they see the lamb of god and they know remember like i said they practice this stuff they know what's up when he said the lamb they knew what was up you know and, and they didn't they didn't get it they thought it had to be some kind of physical work um in john chapter 2 verse 13 it says take these things away do not make my father's house a house of merchandise you know they started making stuff merchandise man you know, remember, Jesus got the cord out, whip, ready to go, right? And he was upset. He was angry. Love. Perfect love. Because these people are like, oh, what kind of lamb you need, man? Oh, what you need? What kind of lamb? You want two? You want two? Two? Three? Three? How many in your family, you know? And making profit and merchandise. And you see a lot of religious things are like that. They sell you this, that, you know, handkerchiefs and all kinds of weird stuff. You know, and, and that's a bondage because people, they take hold and they, they believe that and they hold on to it with all their heart. You know, like I said, when I got released from Catholicism, whatever, man, the devil was on me. You know, and then I start to look back at all this stuff people do. I'm like, wow, we're lost. We're really dead. You know, you worship pieces of metal or steel, wood. And so he was upset because, you know, they were making profit off of this. And he told him, do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. In John chapter 2, verse 18, 25, he tells him, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. You know, he was standing in front of the temple, and they're all looking at it. Wow, the temple, he's going to destroy it and raise it in three days. Why are you crazy? And, you know, he was talking about his body. Destroy this temple. 
You know, I'm not in this thing that man made. I'm in this where God made. You know, God made all of us. There's no man that made us. God says, I don't dwell in things made with man's hands. I want, he lives in people, human lives. Now, John 11.55 says, chief, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they wanted to seize him. Remember, they were going trying to disqualify him and, and trying to be sneaky and catch him, man, you know. This is the lamb. This is the one that's in the Old Testament, guys. You know, he's lovely. And they know what's up with that lamb. And, you know, who's this guy? You know, we're going to get him, you know. John chapter 13, verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour had come, that He should depart from his, this world to the Father, having loved His own, He loved them. Oh, who were in the world, He loved them to the end. Jesus, He loved His disciples. He loved the people, even the people that He was coming to die for. Imagine He came while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Man, I wouldn't do that for nobody, man. I'd be upset, you know. I'd want revenge. And it was even worse because he knew that people were going to betray him. Even his own people who he spoke to through the Old Testament, you know. That must have been heartbreaking for him. But you know, this was the way. Not just for, for the Jews, but Gentiles to be saved, right? Um, let me just finish off with this here, guys. I thank you for your grace. Um, Hebrews 10, verse 1 through 7. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. Remember all these laws and things were types, shadows, whether it be the doorpost, the blood, the blemish. And not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. So all these things, what he's saying, all these things that they do is not going to make them perfect. They were to show that they were sinful, that we're sinful, that no one can can fulfill that law, that we're lawbreakers. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. So if they could have, they would have kept offering, right? Like I said, they don't have a, a temple to make a sacrifice. But, uh, you know, pretty soon they're going to have the Antichrist come. I guess he's going to have to let them build this temple. They're going to go back to animal sacrifices. And he's going to step in, in the middle and say, I'm God, and God's going to come down and defend His people. Man, long-suffering, right? That's long-suffering. For then, okay, they would have ceased offer. For the worshipers, once purified, would have had no more conscience of sin. So if they were doing this thing, they wouldn't have guilt of sin, right? Guilt. But in those sacrifices, here is a remembrance of sin every year. So every time they, they remember, you know, the way they were there. Now, you can't get it wrong. They weren't there because, oh, we got little we here, you know, we don't know. You know, a lot of people get themselves in trouble because they're sinning, they're blowing it, they're practicing some stuff, and they end up somewhere where they shouldn't be, and then God has to rescue them, right? You see throughout the Bible, they come, oh, we love you, Lord, and then they out here worshiping calves or doing some weird stuff, and God has to call them back, back and forth, back and forth. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. Remember, I said it was only a covering at that time. God passed them by just for the covering. Can't watch nobody. Man, if I would have grabbed a lamb, I would have grabbed my next door neighbor's dog, whatever it took, man. You know, I don't care. So it was not possible for, for the goat to sin. Okay, therefore, when he came into the world, he said, this is Jesus, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. So he didn't desire. This guy was just trying to show them he was what he was going to come to do. 
Because they were doing, they can, it's easy to go grab someone's stuff or pay for something and kill it, but how about giving your own life, you know? <laughs> That's, you now you're talking hitting home, right? You know, give, give to the poor, you know, I go and give, grab my old shoes or something, you know? Or how about the brand new ones I have on right now? Give them those, you know, when it hits home. It's a sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Awesome, man. God is powerful, all-knowing, omniscient. Man, He's all in all. He's God. One and true God. Um, and you know, you're going to go through more of this. And it's just exciting that we have the new and the old. You know, it's, it's amazing. Dear Father, we come before you, Lord, and I just thank you for your grace, Lord, and your mercy, Lord, and I just thank you for these gentlemen, Lord, and we thank you for your word, Father, how so clear it is to us as believers, having your spirit, Father, and giving us an understanding of your word, that we can see these things, Lord. And Lord, I know as much myself, Lord, that sometimes we can hear and not do those things you say, Lord, and we struggle, you know, our hurts, our pains, our failures, Lord. So we pray, Father, as we hear your word, Father, we would apply it, Father. If we live it out, Lord, we'd be excited about what you're going to do through our, through our lives, through this church, Lord, to others around us, Lord. And Lord, we want to lift up the Jewish people to you, Israel, Lord. Father, that you would draw them to you, Father. That you would open their eyes, that the understanding of all the scriptures, Father, that they would know it's you, Lord. That it was you who came, Father, for them and for us, Lord. Love you, praise you, Lord. Thank you for your Son who sacrificed his life that we might have life and salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.